Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross And we are live. What's up, you guys? Listen, your boy, number 94. Jimmy Van is back. Yeah, man. People said, no, listen, your boy, this week, last week. And I said, no! <laughs> no! It's uh-huh. sacrilege. I can't do that. We don't do listen, your boy, Without Sean or Jimmy Van, well, without Jimmy Van at least, because I get the feeling that if I get hit by a train tomorrow, listen, your boy, 95 is taking place next Wednesday. I'd figure it out. <laughs> maybe maybe I'd fly Melissa to Kentucky just to sit in that chair. Yeah. <laughs> in order to keep the look would. up, in order to keep the look going. Not me, it'd so. be Sean Ross. Well, she, she's going to be, she says she's going to be in my country, which is rather a large country uh-huh. this week. Where are you yeah, going, Melissa? That's very true. North Carolina again. Yeah, yeah, that's that's near my hood a yeah. little bit, kind of. So, Sean, what did you think of the new merch? Are you talking about the mask in the back? No, I'm talking about the new merch. The new, what, your Nautica sweatshirt? You're telling me that Melissa didn't let the managing editor know about the new merch? I don't know I anything. I think he probably forgot Oh, good is that job, what happened? Sean. He probably forgot? Yeah, good job, Sean. I wanted something nice that I might actually wear. And we were able to come up with something really nice, man. Yeah, you all didn't tell me shit. Nice polo tees. Look at what? that. I don't have one of these. No? I do. <laughs> I wasn't told about this. You weren't told about it? I can't believe you forgot, Sean. <sighs> forgot to ask. We talked to each other, and in that week or so that Jimmy Van was gone, that Skype chat was dry as a bone. Oh, yeah? Lovely. Look at that lovely polo tee, man. It's a dry fit polo tee, Sean. My God, the, the, you know, the yeah. first thing you asked when we got Fightful shirts is, do they have dry fit? And I yeah. said, not. Because that's what I like. That's what I like. It's comfortable and breathable, and that's what I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, it's so moist and damp in Canada. You should feel our office right about now. 
<laughs> really? It absolutely is. We Melissa even, will vouch for it. No, we even needed it. They had the AC on up until last week. It I heard it was hot yesterday. Here. Oh, yesterday it was hot. That's what I was told. Yeah. I don't have a list in your boy. What is this? Where can people get them? Can they get them? So I had them produced uh, for contest prizes. Oh, okay. uh, and I had to pro- win a contest. You have to win a contest. <laughs> yeah. And I got them produced because I wanted one. And I thought they turned out good. This is embroidered, Sean. This is not like some sticker. This is like I actually... know. I can tell it's embroidered. Yeah, yeah. Hey, embroidery is the way to go. It looks good. Yeah, I always thought we should have had... I don't know if you ever saw the WWN style jackets that they had. Matt used to wear them around everywhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, they had the thing down the side and the embroidered logo. I thought those looked good. And I thought Fightful would look good on one of those. But never got around to it. But well, there you hey, go. we... We got lots of mugs still too. We have a box of these in the office, Sean. Really? For yeah. You. Yeah. None for me. None for me. No, maybe if you're really nice, maybe I'll send your wife one. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure she'll she'll wear dry fit polos with listen your boy around all oh, over the place. I think she will. Maybe. Good chance. I don't know. You know what today is, Sean? It is October seventeenth. Listen your boy, number ninety four. I think you know, I know. You know what else today is? I think I know. It is Wednesday. Yeah. Do you know what else today is? Uh, yesterday was Boss Day. Happy Boss Day. Really? Yeah, something like that. I never got an email or, or a salutation about that. Well, you just did now. Not from Melissa because she's a terrible employee, but... Excuse you. Effective today, Sean. Marijuana is legal. In Whoa! The, in the country of Canada. Yep. That explains why you got a box full of listing your boy polos. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Effective today. And you've only been asking about that for, like, what, the last eight months? Yeah. Well, I mean, there... Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I was about to say something. Were you starting throw, early? Were you I starting didn't early? I throw anybody under the bus. I've not smoked marijuana in several months, actually. Oh, oh in several months. Okay. Well, that's today. I mean, I've not made it a secret. I did it to help get to sleep. I had, I've got some insomnia, but it's... Did it help? Oh, yeah, big time. That's nice. So uh, the other thing that happened, so like I was a little bit, you know, off the land there for like a week, wasn't following a whole lot of stuff. And somehow, some way, Sean, while I'm gone and I'm like checking in on things a little bit, suddenly your buddies with The Rock on Twitter? Yeah. How was I mean, that about? You know, I, I leave The Rock on red on Twitter. No big deal. Don't, don't even bother replying to it. Right, right, right. Even though you replied like every time. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. You guys went back and forth a few times. Well, until I just stopped replying to him. It's like so annoying, you know. <laughs> He's trying to get me to be in Skyscraper 2. And I was yes. like, listen, listen, listen. Yes. I yes. know you only made $300 million and you're trying to get that up to $400 million, But let's just get a little too serious here. I have a day job that I have yeah. to do. He needs a tackle dummy to throw out of a window. Thought you were the perfect candidate for the job. Yeah, I probably would. I probably would be a pretty good candidate. So how do you think things went with your Wednesday podcast without me? You had like a belt guy on and you had yeah. like, Melissa did a run in and how did all well, that go? Well, I didn't plan on that. Melissa and I are going to fight at list and your boy 100. And I mean, I don't even really want to do it anymore, but Does I've talked so much. Shut up! I'm pretty sure that's why. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> But I've talked so much trash at this point, I can't back out. I've already promoted it, and I can't promote something that isn't going to happen. So there will be explosions. There will be a fight. It will be the biggest show ever. Uh-huh. 
it's so, gonna happen. But so yeah, yeah, I liked it. We you know how to... our you know how our job is to critique uh, wrestling, right? And we like critique matches and promos and stuff like that. Yeah, I was on the fence. Should I critique your performance when Melissa did the run-in on, on the podcast last week? I was like, should I critique it? <laughs> and I was on the fence if I should mention it or not, but I'm going to mention it. So anybody that didn't see it, do you know, do you know where I'm going already? So I'm any, sure. So anybody that didn't see it, so Sean's audio gets muted, right? Whoa, because, whoa, 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 sir. <laughs> what, what, are you, what is this? I'm gonna sh- I, well, I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain. Sean's audio gets muted. So Melissa can do the run-in. So Sean can only mouth words because you can't hear him, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, even though his audio is muted and he can only mouth words, you hear like his knees banging on his desk and shit. No, I, I was legit muted. No, you were not. Yeah, I was. I could hear stuff going on on your that set. Was, that, it you might have been my Melissa? audio, Jimmy. Have you heard of Melissa's end then? I was yeah. legit muted. Really? So uh, that's what we in the business, like me and Melissa, call selling you a fucking ticket, James. <laughs> We sold you a ticket. Yeah, You'll be, be there at Listen Your Boy 100. I'll be at the front You'll of the line. You'll watch the fight of the century. I'll Melissa be at the front versus line. SRS. Who are you, you sending to cover the fight, when, when is that going to air during the show? Like, do you want that to be the main event? No, nah, it'll probably air in the middle of the show. In the we'll, middle we'll of the probably, show. We'll probably be media heavy that day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We got some cool stuff coming. <laughs> got some people that are trying to ghost me for this show as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. We'll, cool. see, we'll see how that works. One more thing before we get started here. Uh, I, I'm not going to turn this into an MMA podcast, but Fedor, Fedor Chael Sonnen, to me, felt set up. Was that no, set come up? On. Come on, get out of here. Okay, Don't and I, I never say this about MMA fights ever, and whenever whenever trolls say it, I'm always like, oh, shut up. Sonnen got dropped three seconds in, Jimmy. It didn't look good, man. He it got looked... the snot knocked out of him three seconds in. What happened was Chael Sonnen went for a very low percentage roll out of uh out of a back take essentially really something you should only be doing well that happened later right that happened later when that happened so him getting the snot knocked out of him three seconds in i'm sorry chael sonnen chael sonnen isn't working a fight like that he doesn't need to work a fight like that we're talking about a maybe the 10th 8th ninth best middleweight of all time facing one of the greatest heavyweights of all time and they're at the same point in their career Mm -hmm. really only, I've, it was not I've, set up. I've never seen Chael Sonnen so happy in defeat. I've never He's seen getting, him so happy. He gets a flat fee, that's why. <laughs> he actually, like, promoted the next fight. He's like, oh, Fedor and Ryan Bader, that's going to be a great fight. Well, he's getting a second check, too. He's getting a check to be a broadcaster. Uh, I guess. I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed, Sean. So while I was gone, I was still, like, keeping tabs on the news and stuff, you know, and I heard, I heard about the whole thing with Jamal Khashoggi. I heard about all that. And I thought, oh, this could be bad for wrestling, potentially. Mm-hmm. Let's see where this goes. Oh, man. Has this ever gone sideways for WWE? So we got to talk about the Saudi Arabia thing, Sean. And I want to start off by saying, back when the Greatest Royal Rumble happened in April, and you and I talked a lot about that show and about, oh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is getting them a bunch of money and they're controversial and human rights violations and, and WWE can't send any female performers and all of that. And at that show, I said to you, you know what? I would still do it if I was WWE because you have shareholders to answer to. And, sure. if, and if you can collect, because we still don't know how much they're getting per show, anywhere from 20 to 40 million a show. If you can get that for a show, then you damn well do it. And that was yes. kind of my mentality at the time, right? That was then, and this is now, Sean. 
And they are in a situation, and I'm sure most people have heard about it, uh, and so I'm not going to go into every single detail. All I'm going to say is that there's a Saudi journalist based in the U.S. His name is Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, it was. For, yeah, works. well, they haven't found a body yet, but he, he works for the Washington Post or worked for the Washington Post, uh, and he was allegedly murdered at the Saudi consulate in Turkey. And the allegation is that the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, ordered the murder. Uh, and the Turkish government claims that they have audio and video. I think they have the guy's Apple Watch, they claim. And, and so they claim that they can prove it. Uh, there are so many layers to this, Sean. Now, the first thing is, this Mohammed bin, uh, Mohammed bin Salman guy, buddy of mine told me at lunch that he likes to call himself MBS. Is that true? He likes to call himself yes, MBS. That's true. So fuck it. Anyway, so MBS, Sean, is the same guy that was in the propaganda video that WWE aired twice during the Greatest Royal Rumble, talking about how progressive he is and women can drive now. And Which they was profiled on HBO's uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. They showed that video? They showed the propaganda video and some of Michael Cole's commentary, yeah. Okay, because so, so I was going to talk about that. So, so of the many things that are now coming down and trickling down against WWE, because a lot has been happening ever since this news broke about this alleged murder. So first, there's a major investment conference scheduled to take place next week called uh, Davos in the Desert, or Davos in the Desert. I don't know how you pronounce it. But it's a major investment conference with major corporations, and a lot of them have now pulled out. Uh, a lot of the attendees have pulled out on the heels of this news. And so because they have, they're all taking a step back now, and because Crown Jewel is taking place in two weeks, WWE is kind of in the media's crosshairs now. Uh, and a lot of stuff is, is happening on a, on a daily basis. So several U.S. senators have come forward publicly saying that WWE needs to rethink their relationship with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Lindsey Graham, who's the Republican senator for South Carolina, she said that WWE should pause. Sorry? Oh, I'm sorry. He says, I'm Canadian, I can get away with it. Hmm. But he says that uh, they should pause their business dealings and his parents should, uh, should rethink their name of him. But they should, he said they should pause their business dealings. So that's another one. Then you just mentioned John Oliver and I caught the clip where he aired Cena's promo. You know yeah. John Cena's not going to like that, Sean. No, he's not at all. No. So John Oliver actually aired John Cena's promo from Greatest Royal Rumble when Cena put over the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in his promo after, after his match. And Oliver aired that and kind of took a shot. Casina is kind of like the public poster boy of WWE now, right? He is. Even though he rarely wrestles, he is still the face. Yes, yes. And so that happened. And then on top of all of that, there's so much, so many layers to this, man. There's a million layers. Then you got Glenn Jacobs. Social. Yeah, then you got Glenn Jacobs. He is currently the sitting mayor for the Republican Party uh, in Knox County, Tennessee. And he's going to wrestle on Crown Jewel. There's another layer. Then on top of that, you got Donald Trump, right? And there's a bunch of stuff. And Melissa's already giggling. So there's a couple things with Donald Trump. So the first thing is Linda McMahon, who is currently in, uh, in as a part of Donald Trump's administration because she's the head of the small business uh, unit administration, right? So she's sitting in his administration. The McMahon family was one of the biggest campaign contributors to Donald Trump's campaign. And of course the McMahon family is the ones getting paid by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So there's that whole layer to it. And then on top of all of that, there's been a thing going on right now where Trump, uh, he just announced sanctions on Iran. And the sanctions that he's announced on Iran could mean that Saudi Arabia actually makes more money from exports of oil. Yeah. On so top of everything else. Usually in a situation like this, like around the, the, the greatest Royal Rumble, you had some people who were just like, 
oh, who cares, blah, blah, blah. And you had some people on the political side of things that, you know, are very that, – that, well, they're, they're, they're You can unusual. just say it, Sean. Just say it. I mean, quite frankly, they're dickheads. There you go. There you they're, go. They're, they're fucking Now dickheads. Sean Ross Sav is coming out, Melissa. So you, you had that, oh, who cares if women can perform or duh. Awesome. You got the southern accent back. Yeah, it's we awesome. got that. We got that rocking. This time, I would, and it was a good, probably 60-40 towards people criticizing Greatest Royal Rumble. This time, this time around, and you know, Jimmy, I see the best and the worst of it. I'm talking 98% people are like, why are we doing this? Why yep. is this happening? Yep. And and we've got a situation where Donald Trump, whatever you think about him as a president or as a person, he essentially put a price tag on this man's life. He said, we've got a $110 billion deal that could go elsewhere, mm-hmm. and we don't want that to happen, so let's not rush to judgment. said, we don't like it, but there's a price tag that's put on it. To me, given all that you just mentioned – I think that gives WWE a green light. That gives WWE to a pull green out, light to pull out. No, no, no. To have a, to put a price tag uh, on their involvement in this situation, and man, is it rough! It is too good to be true money. It really is. And I had some dope last week saying, "Oh, they can just move it to the the Eastern U.S. and run the show." And I'm like, "No, whoa, no, whoa, they whoa, can't. whoa, what, what?" Oh, yeah, I had a guy that. Does oh, he? Under, I will, does I does will have to send you these tweets? I will have to send you. They, they were so unbelievable. I had to mention them. Does he understand who's paying the tab? Does he understand? Uh, his reasoning was any billionaire that they they could talk into doing it as a gesture of goodwill because they're moving. And I said, no, no, they can't. Not for that amount. No, this amount of money drew Shawn Michaels out of retirement. Yeah. Keep in mind, people are like, oh yeah, well that of course it did. Well, of course it did. AJ Styles actively pushed for them to do it. Yeah. Said it to Shawn Michaels' face. On Daniel Bryan, too. Daniel Bryan, yeah, too. Yeah. They, even AJ Styles went to Vince and said, money talks, right? Well, it didn't for WrestleMania, yeah. but it did to get Shawn Michaels to come out of retirement yep. with a bald-ass head and take a <laughs> 15-hour flight to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So let's talk about what we know. So what we know right now is that uh, after the Greatest Royal Rumble. So WWE reports this Saudi show under Other. The media Other is what they call it on their yeah. financials. And they have not publicly said how much they're getting. So after the April show, they were given or they reported an extra around $45 million. Mm-hmm. And what we don't know is, is that $45 million for the two shows this year? Or is it only for the Greatest Royal Rumble? It's not until they report this quarter, which I believe is going to be February of next year, that we're going to see, did the media other column go up again? Yeah. And if that column goes up again, that means they got $45 million per show. Now, to put it into perspective, WrestleMania, they grow 17 on a good year, $18 million. To put it into perspective. So if, yeah. they're, if they're able to get even $20 million for Saudi Arabia, let alone $40 million or $45 million for Saudi Arabia, of course you have to do it. Now, Chris Jericho was on Inside the Ropes. And Chris Jericho told a great story that I got to tell, and, and you might have seen the interview. Jericho said that back uh, before the Greatest Royal Rumble, Vincent Man called him. And Vincent Man said, I want you to do the Saudi Arabia show. And Jericho said, I'm not interested. It's too long of a flight, and, and I'm not interested. The way Jericho put it is he said, typically the wrestler gets paid this much, right? And that means that WWE gets paid 
this much. I'm trying to get it on camera. It gets paid this much. <laughs> yeah, that's right? right. Jericho said, for the Greatest Royal Rumble, I was offered this much. Yeah. And, it, and if I was offered this much, how much is WWE getting for that show? The, the right? CM Punk thing where he was talking about, oh, people come up to me and say, yeah, you made this much. You're, you're not thankful for it. And he goes, cool, I should have made about 10 times that because mm-hmm. they make about 20 times that. Well, Jericho himself said in that interview on Inside the Ropes, he said, I don't do this for money, but he said, I'm not an idiot. And if, yes. they, want to, if they want to pay me that sum of money for one show, I'm, I'm going to do it. Look at Brock Lesnar, man. Brock Lesnar, we used to joke about, he wouldn't even want to fly to L.A. to do a show because he likes staying at home in, in his <laughs> compound in Saskatchewan. The guy's going to go to Saudi Arabia for the second time in the same year. You think, he, you think I, he's I, not getting paid for that? Here's an interesting thing. I've had wrestlers, which I've mentioned to you, that aren't even on the show that have contacted me and said, do you know the amount that they're making because our contracts are up next year? We need to know, like, is this something that we take to them? Of course, they get that single payoff, yeah. but they want to know if their their money should be up in general. So what I think is very interesting is how the first go around, they it was all hands on deck. Even the Australia show, it was not all hands on deck. There were a ton of people they didn't bring over. Vince didn't go over. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting anywhere near Saudi Arabia money for Australia. How many people are on this Crown Jewel show? It might be like 16, 17 people. Yeah, I was going to say 20 or less, yeah. So I wonder if WWE looked at that and said, hmm, how can we do this and keep as much of this as possible? In case this comes to an end, basically. Possibly in case it comes to an end. Sure, I'm I'm not sure in that regard, but they were giving, good God, 50, what, at least 50. 50 people were in the Greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah. So they were probably given 70 people paydays off of that. This go-around, they're giving maybe 20 people because eight people are in that tournament, and essentially you got the same people working several times maybe. Yeah, and, and another thing that happened, I actually got a couple uh, tweets about this. They changed the venue. They changed it from, a, what was it, like a fifty or 60,000-seat venue to like a 25,000-seat venue. Yeah, it was and, a construction situation. Okay, well, I got a few messages saying, oh, that means tickets must not be selling well. And, yeah. and my response is, WWE is getting a guarantee. They're getting a guarantee. It and doesn't tickets matter. Weren't, tickets weren't even on sale yet. Right, right. So that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple more things about this that we want to talk about. So um, Sports Illustrated reported that several members of the talent roster anonymously, because that's convenient, anonymously, anonymously told them that they're not too comfortable doing this show given everything that's going on, given what happened to, uh, to Mr. Uh, Khashoggi, and given just the controversies with the King of Saudi Arabia. A lot of them don't want to go. So when you know, Mr. JBL, who is basically mm-hmm. the poster boy of kissing ass, went on Fox Business and basically put over, oh, WWE needs to go to promote change. And that's, that's the, the biggest crock of shit. And that's I've the ever same shit. That's the same thing that they said in April. They said they need to go to promote change. Then Randy Orton, who's not quite the quite the ass kick kisser that JBL is, but he's still, I'd say, pretty high up on the company, you know, shill level. Randy Orton told TMZ the same thing. He said WWE needs to go to promote change. So there you have two guys so far that have publicly come out and said that they need to do it. Uh, my opinion on it is this, and I'm not, if WWE does it, I'm not going to shit all over them because I understand, again, if you're getting 20 to 40 million for one show and you have shareholders to appease, to appease, I can kind of understand. But at the same time, now that they're getting this much heat and now that they just signed these new TV contracts with, uh, with USA and with Fox, my opinion, if I'm the CEO of WWE, I would pass on this show 
just to kind of keep the, the, the positive PR going. Because that doesn't mean that come next spring, things wouldn't have settled down enough, exactly. right? That you can go back and do it again. Now, who knows? Maybe if they were to pass on this show, maybe the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia would say fuck off and maybe they'd lose the rest of the deal. If it was me, if I was the decision maker, I would take that chance because I think that they're getting a lot of heat because now that the corporations that were getting heat because, oh, you're going to attend this investment conference and a lot of them have publicly backed off, WWE is the next thing in the crosshairs now in terms of the media, right? And so, so much of what they have done over the last several decades has flown under the radar. Yes. As a result because they... The perception that we often talk about that led to them getting low ad rates also leads to them going under the radar on several other things because of the demographic that it is perceived that they appeal to. Well, you and I know that that isn't always the truth. It Mm -hmm. appeals to a wide demographic, and that's what advertisers are starting to understand too, and networks are starting to understand as well. Right. Uh, I think Alex brought up a great point on either the post-Raw or SmackDown show. Just be like, hey, guys, we'll owe you one. But let's let's not do this. JBL's horse shit that came out of his mouth. I wish he didn't have me blocked so I could get blocked again. <laughs> yeah, he is... WWE going over there to run the World Cup tournament is going to keep Saudi Arabia from sawing up journalists. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Good fucking call. <laughs> he, Doofus. There are certain guys on the payroll that are always going to be on the payroll for as long as they want to be. Because they are the ultimate company shill. And JB, JBL is one of those guys. Michael Cole is one of those guys. Michael Cole was a war correspondent. Neither right? of those men are that stupid. They are both incredibly intelligent Oh, dudes. they are. But they know they're where their bread is buttered. Dudes. They know where their bread is buttered. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they're, they're going to they're gonna die on that sword. Michael Cole, the former war correspondent, he'll be the first one on the plane, Sean. Yeah, as long as people don't find out that that $40 million came from me to get scoops all throughout this summer. So. <laughs> I would, I would definitely question, uh, you know, your your salary demands if that was the situation, Sean. Yeah. For love of the game, you know, that's that's what we do. But you know, I'm I'm going to be very curious come February or March when they release these financials because I want to know, did you get 40 million per? Because again, 20 million per is a shitload of money. It'd, it'd if, be January, right? Is that when they I, do? I, I had heard, I, well, I, I had heard February is when it's when it's going to come out. But uh, if they get 40 million a show. I can understand, even given the heat and even given the media, that they'd want to do it because that is a shitload of money for one wrestling show. But, again, they're getting a lot more into those TV rights deals, and I don't know if you necessarily want to put that kind of heat on your corporate partners in that respect. Yeah, and as we've seen, I thought that uh, Fightful contributor Chris Harrington posted a very, very... Uh, it was, it was, I think it was meant to be a little bit funny, but it was... Realistic. It was the hierarchy of WWE influence. Vince at the top, big money partners like TV, advertisers, sponsors, then executives, then negative mainstream media attention, then talent, and he said stratified by experience, and then at the very bottom, fans and feedback. I would almost put the talent below the fans, Sean. Yeah, I would too. I would. Maybe, maybe with the exception of like one or two guys. Yeah. You know? But anyway, it's going to be an interesting thing to see what happens. But, uh, but man, the heat that they've been getting over this whole thing. I mean, again, before this, this thing came out about uh, Jamal Khashoggi, they were already getting heat. But now it's, oh, yeah. it's pretty nuclear now. So I, if I was them, I would definitely take a, take a step back. Oh, and the other thing that we should mention. So 
I think it's been out for about the last week or so. WWE isn't actually mentioning Saudi Arabia when they talk yes. about Crown Jewel, which is so mm. silly. If you go to WWE.com, and I actually went this morning, I went to WWE.com and I went to the Crown Jewel page, and there is zero mention of Saudi Arabia on that page. Really? But yeah, but again, fans are not stupid. And if you saw SmackDown this week, they were in Philadelphia, which is a hot crowd. I couldn't help but chuckle when The Undertaker comes out for a promo, one of the most popular guys of all time. Promo. The, yeah, I know, I know. But he's, <laughs> but he's one of the most popular guys of all time. The crowd is, is cheering like mad when he gets out there. As soon as he grabs the microphone and says, at Crown Jewel, his first words, at Crown Jewel, the whole crowd in Philly, boo! Yep. Because they're yep. not dumb. They know what's going on. And WWE is aware of it to the extent that they've removed the, the, the word Saudi Arabia from their website. And they did not mention Saudi Arabia on television either. So Yeah. They are I, still very much keeping their options open. No, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. I mean, it. no, no, no. About where the show takes place. They, they do have backups. Uh, backup plans in, I, in are, place. Are you talking about when Brandon wrote about England? Uh, there, there are a lot of different places that are possibilities, but England could be one. Because the, the problem is they're not going to get that money if they don't do it in Saudi oh, Arabia. Oh, of course. But, I mean, they've advertised the show and promoted okay. it heavily. I got your saying. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know one show that is taking place. That's NWA's 70th anniversary this Sunday. Doing live coverage of that. I'm going to have a live post-show podcast. But I interviewed NWA Women's Champion Jazz, who also competed in WWE. And, Jimmy, she gave me the great headline. I'm nothing to fuck with. <laughs> Take a listen. I am here with NWA World Women's Champion Jazz. Jazz, you have a big match coming up at NWA's 70th anniversary against Penelope uh, Ford. How are you preparing for this? You, you just told me actually you were you were headed to the gym. Yeah, um, basically I've been preparing myself. Um, I'm taking this as... Um, like it, like I'm supposed to take it. It's a title match, you know, and it's I'm the champion, so I'm preparing myself to go in as a champion and come out as a champion. So basically, I'm just in the gym, you know, building up for endurance and stamina, and I hope Penelope is doing the same. You know, um, I'm a vet, so you know, I'm, I, I've and I've always was taught to be two to three steps ahead of my opponent. So that's where I am right now, you know. While she's probably sleeping and, and, and taking pictures on Instagram, you know, I'm in here killing it. So, I'm an athlete, and I'm a winner. I'm a champion. That's what I do. So you won this championship over two years ago, and since then there's been an overturn in NWA, and now it's Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana. Uh, at the helm. Yeah. What and you... don't get me wrong. And don't get me wrong. I think the NWA before was just, they were just passing belts along to whoever they thought was pretty or cute at the time. You know, I'm trying to make this NWA, NWA belt mean exactly what the NWA meant, you know, 20, 30 years ago from back in the 80s. You know, let it represent you know, NWA, just like Dusty Rhodes and and, 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 and and the Ric Flair's and, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. This is just not something I'm putting around my way to say, oh, I'm a champion. Oh, I got a belt. No, this means more to me than just that. This is my legacy, and it's the NWA. I'm making history. I'm the first African-American woman to ever hold this title in the history of the NWA. So 
I'm really taking this very, very seriously and into heart. So I'm hoping Penelope is really preparing herself because I'm really taking this. This is this is deep for me. Yeah, one of the lines that you had in a recent interview, honestly, it's probably my favorite headline of the year. It was just you saying, "I'm not going out like a bitch." And exactly. Uh, and you you I'm seem not. you seem pretty determined. Yeah, and and that's how I am. Um, a lot of um, most people really don't know me, but. The ones that have been around, I mean, the girls that I work with in WWE and, and some of the girls on the independent level, they, they, some of them, they, they know my work ethic. You know, it's like, I'm the first one in the building to, to get in the ring and stretch out and warm up. You know, I get to a show, I go to the ring, I check the ring, I check the ropes out. You know, I don't walk around in there trying to be, you know, the, the prettiest girl in the back or, you know, or walking around through my look at my ass and look at my tits and all that. I'm there for business. And, and, and October the 21st, I will guarantee you, you will see with your own eyes that there is not, nothing to fuck with, I'm not to play with, and I'm coming there strictly for business. I screwed Melissa, up. I'm, no. I'm going to say it before Sean says it. I screwed up. Sorry. <laughs> I said to Melissa uh, while that was airing, I said, uh, have you been uh, eating some of those mushrooms that you've been harvesting? <laughs> because how did you confuse a short black lady for a tall white woman? <laughs> how did that ever happen? So for our audio only listeners, there was a graphic for like a minute that aired of China during Jazz's interview. How did well, that... Well, with wrestlers that I don't know, I'll always like reverse search images just to make sure. Okay. She came uh, up a bunch. Uh, short black lady, <laughs> tall white woman. How uh, were they in- even the same person? A little, little inside baseball for you guys. Part of my job is deciding what clips go up on this show. And I send Nigel or Melissa. Don't interrupt me, Melissa. <laughs> Nigel or Melissa. The time cues for these. Well, I sent it to Nigel this week. He passed it on to Melissa. And they decide the photos that air. Correct. I don't see the photos until you guys see the photos. Exactly. So when I see China up there, and I, I, I did the interview. I don't have to listen to the interview. I edited the interview. I pu- upload the interview. I don't have to listen to it again. I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, did we talk about China in this interview? And then I'm thinking, Jazz wasn't in the company at the same time. I don't even think they met. Maybe you should start making these clips. They're almost polar opposites in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like China was the Playboy model and got into porn. and uh, I mean, fine. They both wrestled men. But otherwise, I don't know how that happened. I I was telling Melissa, please don't make me have to review these before they go up. (laughs) Yeah. I just got to make sure that like if she's ever interviewing, let's say say if Sean interviews Hulk Hogan, I don't want to see Bad News Brown come up on the graphic (laughs) or something. So... We might have to take a look at them. So since, since we're talking about uh, NWA 70, we might as well talk about that now. So it's this Sunday, October 21st from Nashville. It's airing on the Fight TV app. Are you going to watch it, Sean? You, are you doing a post show? I'm, I'm covering it. I'm going to cover it. it. I'm going to do the live coverage. Uh, we're going to do it like we did. I think it was the Ring of Honor show where I do live coverage, but it'll be my match ratings, podcast notes, and then right after I'm doing a live post show podcast. You are doing a, Are you doing it by yourself? Uh, as of right now, yes, but if I can find a second, I would, I would love to have a second on there. Okay, it's on a Sunday. Uh, Jeff, uh, why don't you go ahead and do, because he's the old school guy, right? I mean, maybe. I mean, Jeff, you got to remember, Jeff does, uh, he, 
I, I think he, he might be available. I'll find out. Yeah, I hit him up. He likes the old school stuff. So it's going to be... The old school stuff. Well, he does. He knows all the 80s stuff. Yeah, he knows I mean, this is, there's not a lot of old school guys on this show. But are there going to be surprises we're not aware of since it's the NWA anniversary show? Well, it depends. I heard Ellsworth was planned for the show, and he was actually supposed to face Janela, which is ironic because I heard Janela was supposed to appear at Bound for Glory, and Ellsworth ended up taking his place. But Oh, is that right? The Really? the I mean, they've got... Road Warrior Animal with Crimson and Jax Dane against a, an open challenge. There's Laredo Kid and Barrett Brown. You've got the the national title tournament with uh, Cabana, Guevara, Scorpio Sky, Sam Shaw, Pero, Bradley, Starks, Willie Mack, who had a great performance last week. Jazz is about as old school as it gets on this show. Jazz and Penelope Ford. So, well, Jeff Jarrett's going to be there because this is... Somehow he's again uh, uh, finagled his way into a co-promotion. I don't know how he's able to get this shit done all the time because he has nothing to do with anything. But Jeff Jarrett's Global Force Wrestling is co-promoting this, so you know he's going to be there. And it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to set up Cody and Jeff in an NWA title match. It sounds to me like that's probably where they're going to be headed. So he'll be around, and then Cody and Nick Aldis, that'll be interesting. Jazz, we were talking off-air the NWA has done a better job with Jazz in one video that they put up than WWE did the whole time they had her. Yeah. Because she's pretty damn funny when they give her the chance to just talk and be herself. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah, I was saying off air, she she was a little nervous. She was like, I've never done a press tour like this. And bam, as soon as it is. I mean, like I said, I, I, I told you, my favorite headline before the one that I wrote was her saying... I'm not going out like a bitch. <laughs> and that's her, man. She's real. I love She's it. I love it. Mack, but she didn't hesitate to say, before this title came along, I was a housewife. I was working. I was a mother. Yeah. I was out of wrestling. Wasn't that interested in coming back. But yeah. And she's a sheriff. She's a tough lady, man. She is a tough lady. Wow. So good for her. And her promo. She's funny. They, they, they got to do something with her. I want to talk about Don, Don Leo Jonathan. Uh, some of our listeners might not be familiar with him. He was before my time as a wrestling fan, but I know who he is uh, because he was a legend, especially in Canada. I've seen a lot of his, uh, his match footage from uh, the 70s especially and into the early 80s. So he passed away this week at the age of 87. A lot of people don't know that he's actually American-born because he was known as a Canadian wrestling legend and the former NWA Canadian champion. He was one of Andre the Giant's greatest opponents ever because he was 6'6", at a time when there weren't a lot of guys that were 6'6". And you know that Andre was billed at 7'4", but he wasn't really 7'4". So when he was in the ring with Don Leo Jonathan, they were actually pretty similar in height. Uh, And he was also very agile. The guy could do a nip-up, which especially for that time, Sean... Nobody was doing that, not even the smaller guys. He could do a somersault from the apron over the top rope, flip and land on his feet. Uh, so he was, he was a very agile guy. He was in the U.S. Navy. He was a sailor in the U.S. Navy. He moved to Canada in the 60s, and he lived here ever since because he had a lot of good runs in Toronto and in British Columbia. So yeah, want, Vancouver, big yeah. time. So I wanted to mention him because he was a legend, a Canadian uh, uh, wrestling legend. And it's kind of funny, these guys that are American, and then they, they work up here, and then they fall in love with the country because Angelo Mosca was the same thing. Yeah. Angelo Mosca was an American that got, got into working for the Tunnies and working for Canadian promoters and fell in love with the country and ended up moving here. Same kind of thing. So, and maybe Sean Ross Sapp one day, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, already there. I speak fondly of, of my time in Canada, but I mean, he made his living in Canada and in Japan heavily. Too. I know he was big in or uh, big into wrestling in all Japan. I think he wrestled 
Uh, I know he did some he did some stuff with WWF back in the day as well. So he he worked in New York an awful lot as well. But uh, I'm glad that he's getting the attention. Like, gosh, I think it's been 40 years since he wrestled. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that he's getting the attention uh, because I thought this was going to go completely uncovered and under the radar. So right. I was very happy to see that. Well, it's one of the one of the greatest big men of all time. Like I, oh, I, yeah. I, I put him in the conversation with Bruiser Brody or Killer Kowalski or Andre the Giant in terms of some of the greatest big men. Big Show, I'd put in that conversation too. Some of the greatest big men of all time. And he has he has one of those career trajectories that I think is kind of cool where he wrestled, I think his first match in 49 and his last in 80. So he wrestled in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. That's amazing. And uh, I think, gosh, I think if Goldust wrestles in 2020, he'll be near there too. 80s, 90s, 2000s, 10s, and 20s. And Goldust might get there, man. He might. He says he's near the end of his career, but uh, I I hope he gets there. He's only got to do one match. Exactly. It's all that matters. So SmackDown 1000. Yeah. I got to tell you, I was stoked to see Batista come back, right? Me too. I wanted to see what he was going to do. And I couldn't help but smile when I watched that promo. Because it was clear that Batista was given a mic and given no script and basically given carte blanche to do whatever the hell you want. And Batista spent, what, what was it, Sean, 10 minutes strolling around back and forth, holding the robe, just kind of shooting the shit. I think saying whatever came to his mind. Meanwhile, you got Randy Orton, you got Triple H, who's going to be the boss of the whole yeah. thing. And you got Ric Flair standing there in the middle of the ring, just kind of watching him go back and forth like this. <laughs> as, he, as, as he basically just talked about whatever the hell came to his mind. And I watched that with a smile because Dave Batista doesn't give two fucks no. ab- about whether or not this man says you're fired. Yeah, he doesn't give two fucks about it, and I thought that was awesome. And uh, I was really interested in the fact that it looks pretty clear they're going to do the program that he wanted, which was Batista and Triple H. We're now mid-October. I think they're going to do the program going into WrestleMania, which is what he wanted. Uh, And I think he deserves it. And when you look at, they always want the big matches with the big names for Mania, and Hunter and Batista is still a big matchup. So I thought that was fun. I liked the whole thing. It was cool. I think Randy Orton was really smart, too. He was throwing in the makeup chair line. Yes. That was very smart of him, too. He's like, let me get in on this a little bit. And I love, I love when Batista, who was about to put Orton over, looked at him and he goes, I'm just going to ignore what you just said. Yeah. You know? and, and then he went into putting him over. So. Yeah, and oftentimes, and it's something that Warren Hayes, our 205 Live May Young Classic NXT UK reviewer for FightfulSelect.com said on last night's show, Sometimes we'll we'll criticize WWE production. When they get it right, they get it right. And you know Triple H said, you make sure you get my face on camera right which after was, that. Which was which was great. It was integral it was, to yes. have him look like that at Batista. Yes. And and now I had no interest in seeing Randy Orton versus Batista. I do now. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. And the reason why I think this does lead to something else is because if it didn't, I think it would have been very, very easy to have Randy Orton heal all of them, and then they do a thumbs up, thumbs down, like to kind of call back from 14 years ago. Right. And there, it's ending, everybody hugs, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't do that. I want to see Batista in one final run. I do too. Give me that. I want it. And, you know, for all the people that complained about Evolution never being on SmackDown, I don't care. I don't either. I don't care. Dave no. Batista, Randy Orton, and Triple H were all three important at different times to SmackDown. Uh, Dave Batista carried SmackDown for a very long time, and yep. that was his show. Yep. And I just want to see a guy who wants to be there be back like that. 
I like the way that that show was was uh, put together because when you think about some of the all-time great names for SmackDown, Batista was one, Taker was one, he got the promo at the end of the show, Edge was one, and they did the Cutting Edge segment, Rey Mysterio mm-hmm. was one, and he had the match with Shinsuke Nakamura. They, all the guys that were integral, and, and Eddie Guerrero, Eddie. obviously, I, Eddie couldn't be there, but they showed some, some footage yes. of him too. It was smart that they thought of all the guys that were integral to the building of that brand, and in some capacity, they were all part of it. So. And Triple H was very, very important to the early days as well. Pre-brand split, so much of that McMahon-Helmsley-era stuff unfolded on SmackDown. Right. Uh, when you go back and watch those shows, it was almost like their show, like their show that they were running. Right. Triple H in that dumbass leather cap he wore. You remember that thing? Backwards, yep. Yeah, yeah that weird thing. Uh, but he was he was very important to that as well. Really, Ric Flair was the only one that didn't have a major role in the show. He only wrestled on SmackDown a couple times. But, but he's Ric Flair. But he's Ric Flair. Yeah, you know, he can do whatever yeah. he wants. So what do you think about the fact, because uh, uh, on SmackDown, Rey Mysterio beat Shinsuke Nakamura, so now he's in the World Cup at Crown Jewel. What do you think about the fact that the World Cup, first of all, they're calling it the best in the world tournament, right, to determine the best in the world, when none of the champions are in it. That's number one. And number two... Everybody's American in this in this tournament. What do you think about that? No champions, and they're all Americans. Best in the world. Um, excuse me, sir. They had 10 countries represented in that Battle Royal last week. Fair, fair. And I actually really love that segment a lot. Can't, can't help that Americans are just better. There we go. Better. Right. I'm sure that'll get over great in Saudi Arabia. I'm sure. It's going to get over well in this Canadian office, too. Uh-huh. So, uh... Austin Aries, they're they're really going to try to pull a Brian Pillman? That's what they want to do? Okay, so, God, man, there's so much to this. I... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Somebody's getting worked. I watched back the the finish of the match for Bound for Glory. I watched it back two or three times because I had heard about how Austin Aries popped up after the finish. He kind of did pop up. It's not like he immediately jumped up as soon as he was pinned. Oh, no, he he got up before the champion, the person who just beat him with his finish in the middle of the ring did and walked out. He did, he did, he did. But uh, uh, it looked like a work to me, especially when they cut to Nitro and Nitro's giving him a look and... It looked like a work. It didn't look like a shoot to me. And now, from what we're hearing, he's still with the company, and they're going to do a Brian Pillman. My, my biggest thing with this is, here's how I look at it, Sean. So, obviously, Impact's numbers have not been good. Uh, I'm sure that management is probably scratching their heads, because Demore and Callis, from what we've heard, have done a good job of changing morale in the company. Creative, so, though. It's trash. Well, okay, and, and that's part of it, but I, I think the other part of it, as we talked about, even before they brought in the new regime, Impact was a, was a damaged brand, and uh-huh. turning that around was going to be very, very difficult. Now they've been hovering around 200,000 uh, 200, views a week yes. on Pop TV, even less than 200,000 views. And to make it worse, starting October 25th, they're going to be uh, bumping the show back two hours to a 10 p.m. time slot, meaning the show's going to air from 10 p.m. to midnight, which is not good. No, that's that's very bad news. Yeah. 
So I understand what they're doing. They're grasping at straws. They're probably a little bit desperate. They're looking for something that's going to stick. They're looking for something that's going to get them attention. Apparently, they even took a clip of Aries when he walked out, and they tried to sell it to TMZ. Is that true? I've heard, my God, I've talked to people in and around the company all week, and I'm getting different stories every single day. So somebody's getting worked, and the thing is, having the job that I have, I got to make sure I'm not the person getting worked. Right. That's that's the the issue. Somebody is going to end up very unhappy in this situation. Mm-hmm. The way that I looked at it, if it's a shoot, Austin Aries is an unprofessional asshole. Mm-hmm. If it's a work, then it's a stupid, dumb work to no-sell your new champion's offense and to try to work the boys backstage, and it's very WCW 2000. I agree. You should not work the boys. I agree with that. You shouldn't, yeah. and you shouldn't do that anyway. Yeah. You you don't get too cute for your own show. You are pro wrestling, and I thought Carlos Toro put it, man, as good as anybody. Our lead boxing writer who covers Lucha Underground every week said, Impact is Lucha Underground light. And Lucha Underground is already Lucha Underground light compared to their first two seasons. So I does mean, that make going, them? Does that make them extra light? Impact extra light? Goddamn right it does. <laughs> While I look and I'm just like, build your company around Tessa Blanchard. Hope hope that it works and build it around her. Austin Aries. No offense to him, but he's not going to be the difference in two hundred thousand and three hundred thousand viewers. I agree. He's not going to be the difference between 200,000 and 100,000, and that was just dumb. I, I get agree. putting Johnny Impact as your champion. He's on Survivor. It's a big show. Why not do it? Shut up, Melissa. Is it still a big show? It still gets For 7, 8 million viewers. It, yes. it still gets 7 to 8 million viewers a week? I, I looked it's it up, yeah. I can't end, believe yeah. that show's still popular. I can't believe it. It's it's miraculous, but it does. It still gets a lot of viewership and... The same shit twice a year for like twenty years. Oh yeah, they're in like they're not up a little bit, but yeah, essentially the same. I can't believe that's still pop. Then again, we're talking we're talking about raw. That's been on the air since ninety three. Yeah, really, we're going to talk about Survivor being dated. Why are you getting defensive? I love Survivor a lot, and uh, I actually got tried to get him to get me a shout-out, and he didn't. I did a little bit, but the thing is, Skype did an update that messed up my recorder, so it no. didn't get any of my audio, so I had to chop it up into clips. But I did I did name-drop you, actually, Melissa. Why, are you a fan of Johnny uh, Nitro, Impact, no, or the hell he calls himself? She's met the man. The season right now, so. Oh, she met him at the, at the Toronto show? You met him I at the Toronto him. show? I saw him. I didn't talk to oh, him. Oh, you saw him. Yeah. That's good. Mm. Let's go to stupid people. <laughs> This is a stupid song, it just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. All right, thanks again to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the stupid song. Uh, it's funny, she's talking about how she was a fan of Johnny Nitro or almost talked to him. I've actually been talking to Zack Ryder over the last week. Really? LJN yeah. stuff? Yeah. Figure. Yeah, we've been talking a fair bit because there's a figure I'm interested in and I want to know how legitimate it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I trust his judgments. We've been talking a lot because I want to know, is it, is it real? Is it a custom? I, and he knows his shit. Like, yeah. Zack Ryder knows his shit. So, for some reason, that just popped in my head for no... When, for when no. I, you remember I pitched a wrestling figure podcast a while back. I also, mm-hmm. I was going to do a rotating thing where one week it was title belts with Dan. Mm-hmm. One week it was figures. One week it was video games and then something else. But then... When Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins started up their wrestling figure podcast, and I was like, what, what's the point? Right. <laughs> what's the point he now? really knows his shit, man. Yeah. 
He does. And so he's, he's one of the few guys, if he tells me something, I'm, I'm probably going to believe him. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's one of the first guys that I turned to when I, when I saw this thing. All right, this first one. This is reported by the Springfield News Leader on October 7. And I should uh, mention once again, go to uh, FIFOSelect.com after this. I got three more for you for Super People Extended. So don't forget that. This first one. They're always good, Sean. <laughs> they're always real. And these are always real people because I do my due diligence and it's amazing. So there's a 33-year-old man. His name is Dustin Burns. And he pleaded guilty earlier this year to violating a, restra- violating a restraining order. And so he was placed on probation, okay? So he got to be at home. Now he's in jail facing a felony charge. Any idea what he did between being on probation that now has him facing a felony charge? (laughs) Uh, Here's what he did. He posted a video on Facebook showing how to remove an ankle monitor with a butter knife and a screwdriver. (laughs) Put up those hits, though. Put up the clip, Melissa. This is how you take an ankle bracelet off. Without breaking the circuit. Who would think that's a good idea? Try, try to explain to me how that's a good idea. Does that set off the ankle monitor? No, because he did it in such a way, because he just, he just dealt with the... Uh, the hardware? Yeah, like the casing. Like the casing of it. And so he yeah. knew to do it in such a way that it didn't set it up. Who thinks that's a good idea? Try to make me understand how somebody would think that's a good idea. He didn't even put it on a monetized platform. He might have gotten a couple of bucks in. And he put it on the Facebook account <laughs> yeah. of Dustin Burns. Like he put it on his own damn Facebook account. As I'm looking like, mm, two, three thousand views on YouTube. But it's not monetized in any way. No, it's not. Who, it's not. How is that a good idea? I don't get it, man. It's not. It's not. I mean, clever to get it off, sure. I guess. Clearly, but, he had clearly he had been trying different methods because he figured <laughs> out the butter knife worked. Yeah. You know? So he's charged with tampering with electronic monitoring equipment, and that's a felony. And so he's in jail awaiting sentencing. Yeah, as he should be. <sighs> how do, ah. That would have been very valuable for him to keep as a secret. Yeah, so valuable because he could have kept the thing at home, gone and done whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He could have char- he could have charged people like yeah. individually, yes. like hey, fifty bucks, I'll get this off you. Maybe he was trying to be nice. He could have charged a thousand, like to get yeah. that off. Yeah. Anyway, this next one. So, do you remember Sean when I told you the story about the guy that wanted to make a sword? Yes, I did. And then and he ended up lighting up like four city blocks. Yeah, remember that. So this reminds me of the same guy. Uh, what do you think about people that reenact wars and famous battles? You know those people and they dress up in the gear and everything? Oh. You know what I'm talking about? It depends. I think some of them like to maybe imagine that they're changing the result. Do you think that's <laughs> you know why they do it? I think there's some Civil War reenactors around here that wish things would have went the other way. I see. Oh. I see. Well... There's a 53-year-old man, his name is Peter Barclays, from Virginia. And he was participating in medieval night reenactment games, all right, (laughs) out of uh, Williamstown, Kentucky. He used the name Master Terrafan Grey Dragon. (laughs) So that was his medieval night name, Master Terrafan Grey Dragon. And he had a metal-tipped lance, all right, as part of his medieval night (laughs) reenactment. There was a paper plate on the ground. 
and he saw that paper plate and he had that metal tip lance in his hand. How do you think that ended? Poorly. <laughs> so he threw the lance at the paper plate on the ground. Threw it? Yeah, yeah. He was standing nearby. He threw the lance at the paper plate on the ground. The lance hit the ground, flipped back up, impaled him in the chest, and he died. Uh, I thought he was just going to cut his dick off like everyone else on this show. Oh, no. Not that guy. Yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, that's a bummer. It's a bummer. That's... It is. And I, I, I thought I thought of, like, the sword guy. And then I thought, remember the girl that didn't want to take her diabetes medication because she doesn't like needles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though Even though she was covered in tattoos? <laughs> so this was yeah. kind of one of those stupid yet sad stories. And I decided I'm, I'm saying it because it is dumb, even though it's sad, too. Yeah, I, I hate to hear anybody lose their life. That's yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This last one, this is for the SRS file. And it's reported by the Daily Mail on October 10th. So we know what you think of San Antonio. Okay? You've been very open about it. We know what you think of San Antonio. There's another city with a similar name that just got a distinct award. They won a distinct award. What name is, is, is similar to San Antonio that might have won a distinct award? Any idea? Well, it should be San Antonio. Because, man, that city sucks. Could have done better. So according to, according to Realty Hop, Realty Hop is, uh, I don't know, some kind of a website that does analytics and real estate and shit. San Francisco, California is the street shit capital of America. In 2017, and I've been to San Francisco a few times, and I'll tell you a story in a minute about San Francisco, but I like San Francisco. I thought it was a, yeah, I thought it was a nice town, and I've, I've done the Fisherman's Wharf, and it's really nice, and they got you know good seafood down there, and you can take the streetcar uphill and all that. I think San Francisco is cool, but according, <laughs> according to Realty Hop, in 2017, there were 21,000 complaints related to human and dog shit sightings on the street, and when you average that out, that averaged out to 456 shit sightings per square mile in San Francisco. That's a lot of shit so- sightings, man. Yeah, everything's so expensive there. You can't even afford plumbing. You just got to <laughs> drop one on the street. Apparently, right? apparently. Toronto's heading that way then. Well, it's pretty expensive. It's pretty San Francisco bad. came up with an idea, so maybe Toronto will take this idea if they need to. So yeah, in- I get the feeling Toronto will scoop in and uh, scoop in. Uh, they'll they'll come up with something before San Francisco has a good idea. Well, this past August, the city launched a poop patrol. Ah, are these city employees? Please tell me they are. Yes. 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 And so now the poo patrol, their job is to clean up the streets before a complaint is filed. Because obviously when somebody can file a complaint, then you got to use city resources to follow up on it. So they want the poop patrol to clean up the streets before complaints are filed. And that's what they're hoping to do. Do you think do. they'll take off like that Paw Patrol show? I was going to say my daughter's a big fan of Paw Patrol. I was I don't know if I want her watching a Poop Patrol cartoon necessarily, but... Don't let her watch this show, then. <laughs> oh, don't let her in San Francisco. She's not allowed to watch this show. So. Yeah. No. I'll tell you a San Francisco story. I've been there several times. The very first time I was there, I was at a sports bar, and I was with a client, and the client happened to glance out our window like this, and he looks at me, and he goes, uh, take a look, and I took a look. Right in front of our window, Sean, right in front of our window, a woman decided to pull the crack pipe, light it up, and start smoking it. Damn! Yeah. And because I'm a good small town Canadian boy, I did the only thing that you could really do in that situation. I took out my you phone asked and for hit. I, 
was legalized. That's Calm a better down. ending. That's a better ending. No, I was going to say I took out my phone and I recorded her doing it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Why, why do we not have this footage? Yeah. I have it if I look for it. I got it. That would be great. Yeah, it's on here. And she was oblivious. She had no idea we were all doing it. <laughs> so let's move on because I want to talk to you again about Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks because just like the Saudi Arabia story, there are layers to this thing with Cody and the Young Bucks and, and Kenny Omega. There are layers to it. So we talked before about how their contracts are up at the end of the year. WWE is trying to scoop up all the talent they can. Ring of Honor and New Japan have the joint show coming up at MSG in the spring. WWE would love to grab these guys and keep those guys off that major show. Cody and the Bucks just did All In, which was a success. They sell a ton of merchandise through pro wrestling tees. So there's the question. Do you want to give up your freedom for possibly a really big guaranteed payday? And when I say freedom, I mean creative and otherwise, right? Do you want to do it? And it's kind of been it's kind of been weird. Some things have come out that might be shifting things potentially in that direction, which is why I want to talk about it. So the first thing is Dave Meltzer reported that morale in New Japan isn't as high as it was because the new executives there, the new regime is non-wrestling people. And apparently the guy that's ahead of talent relations now kind of talks down to the talent, or at least they feel yeah. like they feel like they're being talked down to. And so now some talent in New Japan that previously would have never considered WWE are now considering WWE. The, uh, the president of New Japan, Harold Maige, he actually posted an article on the New Japan site refuting Meltzer's report, and he called it disgusting. But really, if you're him, what else are you going to say? Right? Yeah. You have to refute the, the report, but that's Tama what he Tonga did. Too. That was going to be the next thing I was going to say. So Tama Tonga has been posting images of his latest Bullet Club shirt because uh, Cody and the Bucks and uh, Omega have said publicly that after this year, they will no longer promote Bullet Club merchandise because they want to promote their own stuff instead. That led to Tama Tonga posting images of his latest Bullet Club shirt saying it's not going to be the last Bullet Club shirt I have. And he keeps on saying things like good luck in WWE and well wishes in WWE to uh, Hangman Page and to the Bucks and to Cody and all those guys. Then on top of that, Hangman Page acknowledged through a Being the Elite episode that he was made an offer by WWE. Kenny Omega's teasing it on Being the Elite. He uh, uh, was shown getting a package from H and teasing that he's got an offer from WWE. So things seem to be shifting, or at least they're teasing it. My gut tells me uh, that Cody and the Bucks are still going to stay on their own. Yeah. Because they're still young enough. I think they want to do another all-in show. I think their merchandise sales are pretty strong. But my gut tells me that Omega's going to consider it. Because he's now in his mid-30s. This is time for him to cash in. And I think that Triple H would put down some pretty hefty dollars in order to get him. So my gut tells me Omega's going to consider it. But Cody and the Bucks are going to stir, stay, uh, stay firm. What do you think? Well, it was a report that I had in the summer where a WWE wrestler told me WWE wanted to get all game changers under contract. Everybody they perceived. They signed up Rey Mysterio. They signed up Matt Riddle, who they had no interest in until Ring of Honor and New Japan said, we're running MSG. That made WWE take notice. Um, I Honestly, I think realistically for what WWE would offer them, not what they could, but what they would offer them, Young Bucks and Cody make more money outside by promoting All In, selling their own merch, doing uh, big deals with Ring of Honor and New Japan. They will, without a doubt, get the biggest deals in Ring of Honor history if they re-sign, undoubtedly. Uh, Tama Tonga, he wears his heart on his sleeve, but mm-hmm. you never know how much of this is him working, too. Could be. But there have been several people. He, uh, Hanare, 
Bad Luck Fale all turned down WWE in the past themselves. Uh, Marty Skrull is in this conversation because his his deal is actually up months later, which is kind of interesting. Adam Page is the kind of guy they would love to have to mold into one of their guys. He reminds me a lot of Adam Cole. A lot. Yes. Yeah, and that could, I think that could, that could be good or bad for him. Ultimately, I think they all stick together, and I think they all stay Ring of Honor New Japan. I think Kenny Omega stays as well for now. There, there is some unhappiness. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pretend I have a wealth of New Japan sources, but I know that there were some people ha- unhappy that George Carroll was out of New Japan to the point to where nobody talked about George Carroll being out. But I know he was a guy that worked a lot with the foreign talent. Uh, Kenny Omega has spoken about how affectionate he is of the foreign talent. And this is a guy who embraced Japanese culture, learned the language, moved there, lived there, made his career there. And he speaks of how important that foreign talent is to New Japan. And when you have a guy like George Carroll who is in control of them or or helps them out for so long and boom, he's gone from the company, that's not going to sit well. Uh, I, I don't know if it's enough to get people to sign or not re- not sign, but... Yeah, they're contrary to what Harold is saying and contrary to what some of the wrestlers are putting out there. You can't uniformly say, oh, everybody's unhappy or because that's never the case. That, that's why a lot of times I'll try to take the temperature of a situation among WWE wrestlers. It's never going to be unanimous, mm-hmm. but you can see what the majority feel in that situation. Right. We'll see what happens. I mean, again, if I was Triple H, Triple H is now essentially the talent guy. I'd be going pretty heavy after Omega. I still think, with all due respect to Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes has done tremendous things outside of WWE, but I still think that Cody Rhodes was kind of, he kind of benefited from the whole Bullet Club inclusion. And I think that if you have him in WWE outside of that, I think it'll be harder for him to get over to the same level because there's so many other talents that are probably as good or better than him, uh, especially, especially in the ring. Omega... There's so much potential for Kenny Omega in WWE, and if I was Triple H, I'd be throwing the money at him. Uh, he can't because... cut those normal WWE promos, though. No, you're right. You're right. They'd have to. And and again, we're waiting for the day that they have the cuffs off on that because yeah. I think I think Hunter will get rid of his word for word scripts. But uh, Omega, can you imagine some of the matches that Omega could have if they give him 20 minutes, Sean? Like, could be oh, yeah. could be stellar. So we'll see what happens. Now, speaking of New Japan, uh, I want to know your thoughts on this one. Don Callis is out as color broadcaster, and they are currently uh, considering as a replacement leaping Lanny Poffo. Okay, so... I thought this was an April Fool's joke, but it's October, Sean. Yeah, uh, good for Lanny, first off. Good for Lanny. I don't know how familiar he is with the talent. Don Callis was very familiar with the talent. However, there are times when Don Callis, I think, jumps a little... When you talk about star ratings in the middle of a match... (laughs) That eliminates the the perception. I'm not big. I, I like Chris Charlton's work outside of commentary. I don't know if he's a good fit for that commentary booth all the time. Rocky Romero, I think, is a good fit. Kevin Kelly, they better hold on to him with everything they got. He's great. But Don Callis is doing his impact wrestling thing. And it, honestly, if I surveyed the land and I was Don Callis, I'd be like, yeah. Uh, I'd rather hitch my wagon in New Japan than Impact Wrestling. But then again, you never know how much money he's getting from each one. That's just it. Uh, it. It just doesn't work like that. I mean, if he's getting, if his bread is being buttered in Impact, 
well, then they need to work on the creative there. But he could, he could be making in a year with Impact when he makes in five years in New Japan. Exactly. And so I don't blame him for that. But let me tell you, so I, I have talked to Leaping Lenny Poffo in the past. I once had a three or four hour conversation with him. And he's a good guy. He is. Like, we shot the shit and talked about different stuff. And he was, he's a good guy. But do I see Leaping Lenny Poffo doing color commentary for New Japan Pro? I don't even know how he would be on their radar. Like, how do you even think that that's the guy that you want to do color commentary? It's, at least with Chris Charlton, he was a guy that a lot of people knew because he translates a lot of the stuff and he's familiar with the language. Our buddies at Pro Wrestling Unlimited, who covered the Fightful Wrestling Weekly on their channel, just said... Poffo said on his podcast he's never watched New Japan. New Japan. Boom, that's a disqualifier for me. How does you're, he get on the radar? I wonder, I wonder if he's quietly like Harold Maiz's favorite pro wrestler, the genius. Because, I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. And, hey, yeah. I appreciate Poffo and their podcast sending us the news and stuff because they did. Yeah. They sent us the news and the quotes and all that stuff. And yeah. if you all run a podcast and you interview any big names, send us quotes. We'll run them. That's the way to get your podcasts put over. But... If you haven't watched New Japan, you've never done commentary. Yeah. And you're his, not familiar his, with anything. What the his, hell? His personality, too, he's kind of like a monotone, you know, kind of serious guy. I realize that he can turn it on when the camera's on. But uh, even the genius, if you try to think when he showed personality as the genius, I don't see the genius doing color commentary either. And I think they tried back in the day, every now and then. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I that's, a, that's a head scratcher. I could probably think of another 20 guys that would do a better job than Lanny Poffa would. But, uh, oh, yeah. He's probably cheap, maybe. Maybe that has something to do with it. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like, is anybody going to tune into that show to see Lanny Poffa? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, Jimmy, I don't want to bury anybody, but we, we tried a lot of different podcasts on this on this network, and we, quite frankly, found out there were people – no matter what they had accomplished, people will just not tune in to watch them talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love, I love the fact that before I decided to do this the first time, you were a little bit nervous thinking, oh man, what if this guy sucks on camera? Cause you would never see me. You would never see me do anything before. You thought I was an idiot with marbles in my mouth or something. I mean, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> regularly? No, no offense to some of the, the UFC fighters and wrestlers that we've had on our show yeah. regularly outdrew anything on, on our worst week, we do better than a lot of those did on their best weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't have to have a person who has been there. You need somebody that works and that makes your show better. Right. right. Name value doesn't always make the show better, especially a guy like that. That's a confusing one. As we found out, sometimes Jim Ross doesn't make the show better. Yeah. Sometimes no. he compromises the integrity of it. Sometimes yes. he can add to it. I agree. Now, speaking of making the show better. Uh, it looks like it's official now that Nikki Bella is going to headline Evolution against Ronda Rousey for the women's title, or at least for the Raw women's title. Are you ready to see Ronda Rousey sell the offense of Nikki Bella at Evolution in a couple weeks? Well, I like Nikki Bella. I, I like her in-ring. I love the, the forearm she does. I think it's great. I think she can wrestle. I'm, am I ready to see anybody really beat up Ronda Rousey and me believe it? No, but yeah. there are ways to get around it. I think Ruby Riot did a great job because she utilized tactics that weren't legal in MMA, and they brought that up on commentary. But It was still deadpan by the crowd, though, because they don't want to see Ronda sell for 10 minutes. Yeah, and there was a former WWE writer, Tom Cassiello, who was there for a long time, <laughs> He's, he, and he worked a lot with the women there. And he criticized how lazy that promo was, how, how the, the writing 
who writes these lines for Rousey? Oh, you I'm mean about like eviscerated like smallpox and... and a dangerous body? And, <laughs> you will be eviscerated like smallpox. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was weird. But I will say this though, Sean. I will say this: the the crowd was pretty subdued compared to how they normally are. Yeah. Right? They were in Philly on Monday night. They're they're more subdued than the Philly crowd typically is. And when Ronda Rousey said. I've knocked in all these doors in Strikeforce and in the UFC, and the only door you knocked down was the door to John Cena's bedroom. That got the biggest pop of anything on the entire show. Yeah, and I of mean, anything. He, that's honestly, as much as I hated that line because of they were so bad about that. Like having Rousey come out and say the divas made me sick. That's not an endearing line, but it. But the the bedroom line is quite frankly closer to how Ronda Rousey talks. She calls people do nothing bitches. Says yeah. that people have gritty kitties. I don't know. <laughs> but basically, accuses people of having dirty vaginas. So there you go. You know, you know what? It, it was more what Ronda Rousey should be. They shouldn't yeah. use her in, in TV matches. They should keep her for special occasions. If they wanted to do promos, fine. If they wanted to beat up security guards, fine. <laughs> But yeah. otherwise, I wouldn't have her in the ring on TV. She should be a Brock Lesnar, the female Brock Lesnar. That's who she should be. So. Well, I know one thing. Jazz isn't a DNB, <laughs> but hopefully we don't have to see China's picture. Is China going to be here again? Maybe we're going to have Ivory this time. Is Ivory going to show up on I'm screen? I'm excited. Melissa, hit happen. the clip. <laughs> so speaking of business, Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan took over the NWA probably, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to say a few months, but it was several months after you had won the NWA Women's Championship. What were your feelings, yeah. or did you even did you even think about it at that point? Um. Well, at the time, I was just wondering what what's gonna happen now. You know, because it happened overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, and me knowing Lagana for so many years, and um, he just told me just be patient, Jazz. Don't worry, we're, we're, we're working on things. Things are gonna you know take take place. Gonna pick up just. Be patient, and that's what I did. I was just patient, and all it did was just gave me time to prepare myself for matches because I had taken five, six years off from doing anything pertaining to wrestling, mm-hmm. you know. So physically, mentally, my mind wasn't there, you know. But now I'm back into, you know, jazz mode. You know, first I was just being mommy, going to work, you know, housewife, you know, you know, that's why I was mentally. But now I'm back to like, I'm ready to kick some ass and show the people. I'm a 46 year old grown ass woman. So that alone lets you know I have the experience. Been there, done that. I'd have been on the on the biggest platform. So I've been in front of millions and hundreds and thousands of, of, of people before. So. There's nothing that night that's going to have me intimidated. Nothing. So as you see, I, I'm not sure how much you, you had seen at that at that point, but uh, a lot of people were getting stripped of their championships. You and Tim Storm were the only ones that weren't. Uh, when you heard about mm-hmm. that, had you already been told ahead of then, hey, we're, we're going to keep the title on you, but we're kind of we're stripping everybody else? No, I mean, I wasn't told. I, they told me they were going to keep it on me because they, you know, wanted to do, they had an idea of what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But they didn't tell me they were stripping, you know, you know, those from everybody. No, I had no clue of that. You know, no, I didn't, I didn't even ask questions about it. So that's, 
that's the political side of it. I try not to get involved in that. That's their business. I don't, you know, that's that's not my um, the, the side of the fence that I ride on. So, Jazz defends her championship against Penelope Ford, Ford Sunday. Um, we will have a live post show. As of now, it's me, uh, but. Yeah, check it out. Also on FightfulSelect.com, if you subscribe, I cover NWA 10 Pounds of Gold every Friday. Also, uh, we'll preview NWA 70. That is just $5 a month for that low tier. Just head over to FightfulSelect.com. I guarantee you we have something that you like. Uh, That is the best way to support us. But I'd like to thank our buddies uh, Vape Ross Vape and OM Gee for donating to the Super Chat, as well Melissa, <laughs> as the infamous Jason, whose actual name is Simon. Follow no, him it's at not. S- Jason. What are you talking uh, about? Follow him at SI1927 on Twitter. So one of the surprise appearances on SmackDown this week, on SmackDown 1000, was by Mr. Shane McMahon. And Shane McMahon made the news in another way this and week. And his hot sister. You're giving it away, damn it. I'm not even at the clip yet, Sean. <laughs> giving it away. He was yeah. on... He was on Opie Radio on Westwood One. Here's a clip of one story in particular that they talked about. Melissa's got it. Go ahead. Uh, we were talking to uh, Bruce Pritchard and uh, Conrad, and I, I got to ask you about this because when he was writing for the WWE, he swore that uh, they were trying to work a story. Who, who was working the storyline? Vince, right? It was Vince's idea, your dad, uh, where he wanted a, an incest angle with you and uh, Stephanie. And I think, was it Bruce that stepped in and was like, yo, we just can't do this. Do you have any memory of this? He told this story and we were laughing so hard. Well, my sister's hot. I don't know if I really would have minded that. (laughs) (laughs) You got a new fan here, Shane. (laughs) I'm going to Amazon. I'm buying a Shane poster. (laughs) Who's my favorite wrestler? Shane, period. I know he was being sarcastic, all right? He is reacting like any normal, red-blooded American with the last name McMahon would. Yeah, because that was quite the belly laugh. That was quite the Vince McMahon belly laugh at the end of that. I I read some of the criticism and some of the troll comments, and people were like saying, oh, what a disgusting pig and all that. He was being sarcastic. He wasn't being serious. And if you think otherwise, you're an idiot. But I got to tell you, sarcasm or not, you're not going to hear me on a podcast refer to my sister as hot. No, nope. you know what I'm saying? Especially when they're discussing an incest angle. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you need to know when to draw the line on that sarcasm. Hey, babe, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. He's that door open, you never know what right. kind of creative storyline. Yeah, will, will come your way. Now we might as well uh, keep it going with the fun stuff here. So the Iron Sheik. <laughs> so he's a former WWE champion. He's an amateur wrestling legend, former Olympian. <laughs> I think he was even a coach on the U.S. Olympic team for, for amateur wrestling. He's a, a lover of certain recreational things, Sean. <laughs> and uh, in recent years, he's been uh, a bit of a lunatic. Did he, did he smoke crack with that girl in San Francisco? <laughs> he was the girl in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a lunatic. And now apparently he wants to be a, keys pe- a peacekeeper. Put up that, uh, that tweet, Melissa. <laughs> now, this is regarding a little thing that happened. Shaggy 2 Dope <laughs> tried to throw a drop kick at, uh, what's his name, Sean? Fred Durst. Uh, Fred Durst, and he missed by a mile on the drop kick, and a video went viral of it. So this is the Sheik's response. The Shaggy 2 dope, you are a good man, but your drop kick is fucking drizzling shits. Even worse, <laughs> even worse than the Brian Blair. 
And now I don't know who this DJ Lethal is, but he says, also, DJ Lethal is my brother. I don't like to see my brothers <laughs> fight, Bubba. So the Iron Sheik wants to be a peacekeeper to make sure that Shaggy 2 Dope doesn't try another dropkick from behind on Fred Durashan. So DJ Lethal is the DJ for Limp Biscuit. Also, he was the DJ for House of Pain. You remember them? Yeah, vaguely, yeah. Jump around. Everlast DJ. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of funny because, Jimmy, this is a match that you think we could have gotten on an old video game of SmackDown. Fred Durst was a character on the SmackDown game back in the day. I think I could book that match now if I wanted. You probably could. Yeah, if I Uh, wanted Shaggy 2-Dope against Fred Durst, I could get that done. One of the the Q&A shows for the the podcast this week was like, how would we book a Fightful Wrestling show? Well, that's on there. Fred Durst versus Shaggy 2-Dope. Yes, yes. That's on there now. And wouldn't it be the biggest payday of the night, probably? (laughs) No, for for sure not. So uh, NXT, they had their TV tapings this past week. Uh, it's going to air on the network, and I think they're still working on a TV deal in the UK on top of it. And there had been... It's airing right now, or it just aired. Not on, on TV, though, just on the network. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, there were rumors before the tapings. The rumors were confirmed. They unveiled new NXT UK tag team titles. Melissa, let's put up that photo. I think these actually look pretty nice, these tag team title belts. Look at that, man. I think those look good. They're those, beautiful. Yeah, it's, it, it, it reminds me almost of the WCW belt from, uh, from the, the mid-90s. I think it looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, it, it, a little prettier. And I love how intricate they get with these championships. And talking to Dan last week, man, that was fascinating stuff. Hearing about like belts that, that end up here and there and what, what goes into them. But mm-hmm. I think those are beautiful championships. They look really good. Now, the only issue, as we've talked about is how many belts they have over four brands now. Yeah. And I know you you tell me, it looks like they're easing up on the women's tag tag thing because they're not doing as many women's tag matches over the last couple of weeks. And one of the teams we thought was going to be a team, which is uh, Nia Jackson and Ember Moon, now they're doing a little kibosh on that because of the the Battle Royal at Evolution. So yeah. it looks like they might be pull, putting on the brakes on the on the women's tag belts for now, but Seems so. Seems so. I mean, when all is said and done after the NXT UK, they're going to have 20 champions, I think. I think. And I don't even, gosh, maybe 20. Yeah, it's 20 champions overall. Not 20 championships, just so. Well, actually, people don't come at me, but 20 people. Oh, so that guy's not from the South? That guy's not from the South. No, no. Will actually guy isn't from the South. Okay. Uh, A will actually guy. In the South goes, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> One of those. Is the well actually guy from like, I don't know, uh, upstate New York? Like where I the hell is he from? Portland. Portland. I He's told you Portland. about my neighbors. My neighbors can be a handful. They got into a fight. I found a tweet. It was on my on this day. And they got into a fight, like <laughs> almost physically. Are and they I, the ones with the dog tied up in the backyard? Yes. That's and they the got in a people. fight with their other neighbor. And I had posted, wow, I've lived next to these people for years, and I didn't, didn't know their names were Big Boy and Lil' Cunt. <laughs> but that's what they called each <laughs> other. So I guess I as they were fighting. As they were as fighting? They well, not, no, it, it didn't come to blows. Oh, it didn't come to blows. It come to blows. Oh, it was just like a, like a verbal argument. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. got it, I got it. Okay, okay. So Kevin Owens, <sighs> on Raw last week, they did what looked to be a double turn. It looked like a double turn kind of reminiscent of Austin and Bret Hart, where Lashley healed on Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens sold like the babyface would, and they did the injury angle for the knee. And as it turns out now, that was legitimate, and he was essentially being written off television 
because yeah. today, October 17th, he underwent double knee surgery today. Mm-hmm. Double knee surgery, and they estimate that he's going to be out for up to eight months. Here's my and question for you, Sean. Gold dust underwent too, by the way. Sorry? That's what gold dust underwent as well, double okay. knee surgery. So here's my question for you. When Seth Rollins got injured and he left as the heel... But he got injured, and everybody said, when you come back, you got to be the babyface because they, the crowd has missed you, and you're going to get the babyface reaction. And Seth Rollins goes out there and immediately shits on the crowd. Do you think Kevin Owens, whether he's back in six months, eight months, whatever it is, is going to go out there, get the babyface reaction because he's going to because they're going to miss him, and then shit all over the crowd like Rollins did? Yes. You think that's going to happen? Yes, I do. Because I... I hate to be the guy that says, I have no confidence in this. I have no confidence in that. But yes, I do. And then I think WWE, I mean, look look at Braun Strowman. Yeah. Braun Strowman, they would love to have a guy like that over. It's it's about one guy, and it's it's because it's what one guy wants. If the one guy that's supposedly benefiting mm-hmm. from all this, all this, Roman Reigns had his way. Mm-hmm. I don't think things would go like this. I think he understands the hotter creative is, the hotter more people are, the hotter his programs are. But ultimately, they they want people to get the reaction they want. Mm-hmm. What it comes down to, and they want they want to protect everybody. That's part of the problem. But we yeah. don't we don't need to go up. Well, we'll see what happens. It looks like he's going to miss Mania, which is unfortunate. But uh, we'll see what happens. Last thing on my list this week, we've talked about Jericho. The guy's everywhere doing everything, and now he's got his cruise coming up, and Fight TV has actually signed a deal where they are going to air footage from the cruise on the Fight TV app on November 3rd, plus the Honor Club, Ring of Honor streaming service, is going to air a special based on uh, footage from Jericho's cruise. So the guy found a couple of revenue streams out of that, man. Good for him, or good for whoever's in charge of it, in case it's not him directly. Is that Sea of Honor? It's Sea of Honor. Wasn't I supposed to go cover that, Jimmy? <laughs> uh, I, that was never run by me. I don't recall that ever being. It was being your there. idea. Oh, really? Uh, when is let's that? Just, let's just say I've heard a lot of stories about the wrestle vessel back in the day, and I'm trying to wrestle protect vessel. you, and that's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good Ooh, point. Don't need to say anything. I don't any want to go that. anymore. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it's something that we'll cover on the site. <laughs> there you go. You know people that are going? You know anybody going that's going to be able to cover it? Shane. <laughs> Shane Helms is going. <laughs> all right. All right. I, mean, I know a lot of wrestlers that are going. Yeah. Actually, I think I do know a few people that are going. I might be able to talk to somebody. Okay, good. There you go. That's it for my list, bud. That's it, huh? That's it. Wow. Yeah, as I'm continuing to wear my nice new polo tee that you don't have. <laughs> this is bull. I don't feel... Mm. Maybe if you send me a mug, I'll consider sneaking you one, Sean. Yeah, considering I'm paying for the mugs, I don't have one either. <laughs> I'll send you all a couple mugs. Melissa was like, oh, bring them when you fly in. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to bring in like boxes like that big in my, my carry-on. That's that's what Melissa I'll do. You know, you can always take it out of the box and just kind of wrap it in paper or something, Sean. No. Yeah, how, you, TSA throwing around my bags and stuff. That wrap it in a sweater. It's a carry-on. They don't throw around the carry-ons. Well, you gotta, you still gotta put the things through there, and they aren't exactly gentle with those. Sometimes. Okay, every vacation I take, we always bring back a mug because that's kind of like what, what, wow. my, what my wife and I do, and we have never had one break ever. 
Really? Yes. Well, I'm running out of excuses here, so I'd yes, like you to are. not do that. All you got to uh, do is just say, I didn't feel like it. That's all you got to say. I didn't feel like it. Yeah, I didn't feel like it, especially not for Melissa. There you go. But, yeah, now you're definitely not getting a polo, my friend. Very nice. But I will send you all some mugs. About that, they, they are beautiful mugs, and you can get them at special tiers on FightfulSelect.com, which also give you the ability to pick a retro podcast. They give you the ability, if you want to save them up, to appear on a show with us. Our boy John Baez did that, and we had a New Yorker's perspective on ECW One Night Stand 06. If you guys are on the fence about Fightful Select, I have a full playlist of content on YouTube that previews the service. We do all kinds of stuff over there, and I'm adding more and more MMA content. I really want that to grow. But uh, a lot of websites, they kind of ignore the 205s, the NXTs, the NXT UKs, May Young Classic, Impact, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, BTE, NWA. Across our two weekly podcasts, we cover all that. So uh, if you all want a, a couple of shows that do that, it's a good place to start. Jimmy, what do you got going on this week? I'm uh, just doing my thing, trying to get caught up. Been out of town, so trying to get caught up. And uh, I think I'm going back out of town on the weekend, potentially. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get caught up. I This was the first day that I think I've ever put this list together in like a half an hour from start to finish. Yeah. Because I just didn't have time to do it. So, But I got it done for you, man. And I got so, the new Polo T on while I'm at it. So uh, are we going to have a show next week? Uh, I believe we will. Awesome. I believe we will, yeah. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, hit us with a thumbs up. Hit us with a subscribe. Hit that little bell. It'll tell you when we go live. This weekend, I do have a live NWA 70th anniversary post show. We had the Fightful MMA podcast. It's on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern now. I talked to Showdown Joe as well as MMA insider James Lynch. Melissa, we're getting closer. <laughs> Episode 100. I hope you're ready, Sean. Ready for what, <laughs> Melissa? You going to mute me again? Yep. Maybe I will. You don't even know wrestling moves. I know things. Maybe what maybe. do you know? <laughs> Are you gonna jump on one of those mushrooms and grow like Mario? Is that is that how it works? Isn't you that what it? Trump did when he was with Stormy Daniels? Wow. Well, he oh God. <laughs> that just went from promo to completely inappropriate. FightfulSelect.com after this. Stupid people extended. We got three more for you. Wrap it up, Sean. Well, I was trying to. I was trying to end it with a promo, but we're out. (laughs) Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.